0: Welcome to the Master's Plan Your Partner Podcast, sponsored by Master's Plan Church Design and Construction. With headquarters in Tulsa, Oklahoma, we partner to build and renovate churches all over the United States with a trusted reputation and a proven process. Master's Plan is passionate about becoming your trusted partner. Now let's join our hosts, Rodney James and Miss Kim.
1: Thank you for joining us today. My name is Kim Spence and Rodney James, who is president and founder of Master's Plan Church Design and Construction, are with you. And we are back again talking about this amazing timeline that, um, you know, Rodney, when you began uh, with this business, really the Holy Spirit downloaded the reason why you needed a timeline. We began these podcasts with saying, you know, when you, if you ever look it up online, Google, you know, the actual steps of construction, Um, it's pretty basic, you know, it gives three or four steps. And um, your timeline is a lot longer (laughs) than three or four steps. A little more detail. Yeah, it's a lot more detail because you come from the heart of a pastor. Your background is in pastoral ministry. You understand what pastors are actually feeling in this process
0: right and i think the you know the reason for the timeline and the detail that i give is uh, pastors aren't called to build buildings and um and they don't teach this stuff in bible school and so here we are and we know in order to to grow the ministry Mm -hmm. i got to have better facilities whether it's renovation expansion new facility we're going to start another campus whatever it is we know we need that, but we don't even know where to start sometimes. And, yeah. and fortunately, I had a background in construction. I grew up uh, building buildings with my dad. And so um, when I was able to marry those two together, my heart is just like when I was teaching the Bible. Mm-hmm. You know, I want people to understand the scripture mm-hmm. in a way that it relates to life today. And so I did the same thing when I, when I learned this, when the Lord showed me exactly how to do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, what this process can be where we can do this right and we can replicate the process and finish projects under budget. We can finish them on vision uh, every single time. Uh, i want pastors to understand it i want to be transparent i want to show you how to do this mm-hmm. and um, and so it's not a it's not a big secret it's just that nobody else approaches it from this ministry side and puts all these steps in here because a pastor doesn't need to know that he starts with design he needs to know how do i pick the right team to go around me how do yeah. i pick a partner to walk me through this yeah. where do i start how do i know how much we can afford so all those things are important to get in the right order in the timeline so that they don't start down here at step number six Mm. and miss one through five. Mm
1: -hmm. Do you think that some pastors, um, you know, if you walk into a church and it's obviously dated, so nothing has changed in right. the church. Do you think that some of that is because of fear of trying to even start a construction? I, I think project? it's. I
0: think it's a couple of things. One is it's. It, it can be fear. Mm-hmm. It can be fear from I don't want to have to ask for money. Mm-hmm. It can be fear from I don't know where to start. It can be. It's. It's a justified fear that the construction world is known for taking advantage of churches. Mm-hmm. Known for uh, getting them in situations where they're in over their heads. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it. And again. You can blame that on the pastor, but the reality is, um, it's the fault of the construction world. Mm-hmm. Um, it sets people up for failure. Um, my my daughter and son in law are buying a house right now, and they're they're battling the very things that we work with from day to day to help churches avoid mm-hmm. wanting a change order to do this, and you know something that should cost one hundred and fifty dollars, they want six hundred dollars to go do. And I know in my mind. I, I know exactly what they're trying to do. It's wrong, but that's yeah. how they make their money. Yeah. And and unfortunately, that's the way the world operates. Mm-hmm. And there is a better way. There's a biblical way. And so the reason the timeline is here, the reason it's detailed is I want pastors to know and understand there is a right biblical way by taking the right steps in the right order to get a result that when you get to the end, everybody wins.
1: Love that. And today's podcast, we're focusing on the timeline now. We've moved into this section, um, which is due diligence and feasibility. What does that even mean?
0: Rodney? Well, I, I, I would say this, Kim, is if there's any step that most churches miss, this is the step. Hmm. There are a lot of companies that claim to do due, due diligence mm-hmm. and feasibility, and most of the time that's really uh, a watered-down process of programming and um, asking uh, some basic questions. Um, when you do due diligence feasibility and you do it right, it takes time. Which a lot of pastors don't like because they're ready to get to the renderings and the floor plans and show the church and cast the vision and I get it, yeah. um, but as a recent pastor that I was just with um, just a few weeks ago said, what you really told me is I need to put the brakes on and mm. and I said well I said you know if you want to if you want to take the steps in the right order and ensure that when you go show something to your congregation that you can afford it. And that you're going to build what you tell them you build. Let's pump the brakes for just a minute. Let's figure out how much you can afford. Let's figure out what we can build for the money that you have. And let's make sure when we show them that you don't ever have to come back and say, hey, we didn't know or we didn't see or we didn't understand. Mm -hmm. And that's what due diligence and feasibility, when it's done right, does for you. And it's a process that, in all honesty, this process that we use is – was downloaded to me from the Lord. It's extremely powerful when it's done correctly, and it's what allows us to deliver 100% of our projects on budget.
1: When you're talking about counting the costs, so you've you've mentioned that before, that's part of the idea with this, is costs that we don't normally think would be included in a budget. We're exactly. thinking of a building. That's and, right. And maybe the land, but we're not thinking of some of the things that you list, like uh even environmental, right. Wetlands, um, the geotechnical zoning, all of that kind of stuff. Let's talk about some of that.
0: So in the in the due diligence and feasibility process, what we're trying to do <clears throat> very early on is uncover any um Roadblocks. Mm-hmm. Um, those may be permanent roadblocks. So I'll give you a quick example. I worked with a church at one point who bought a piece of land, and um, and as they as we began, and you know, I always love when I get the phone call. We got a great deal in a piece of land, and we want to start <laughs> thinking about building a church. Yeah. And I always think, well, wonder why they got a great deal on the piece mm, of land. Mm. And sometimes it's the favor of the Lord, and and I'm grateful when that is the case. But unfortunately, many times it's because somebody knew something that they didn't know. Mm-hmm. And um, I'll give you a quick example of a church that I worked with. Uh, it's been several years ago now, but they I got that phone call. Hey, we've got, this, we got a great deal on this piece of land. We've almost got it paid for. We're ready to start talking about building a building. And I went down and interviewed with them, and I walked on the land, and I said, you know what? Before you spend another dime on anything else and even another hour on interviewing anybody else, I would love to engage in a due diligence and feasibility process. And the way we do it, you can walk away at any point during that process. You can walk away when we're done if you want to. But I have some real concerns about the piece of property that you purchased. Mm. And so we started the due diligence and feasibility process. It took one meeting. It took... One visit to the site and the process that we kind of start with to discover. So as a church that had $2.8 million to spend when we kind of did the budgetary analysis, the financial analysis for them and with them, we figured that they were somewhere in that $2.8 to $3 million range is what they could afford. When we went down and started the due diligence and feasibility, what we discovered is it was going to cost $750,000 to get the utilities to their property and to do what we had to do. They had a creek that ran through it that was a blue stream. It was a protected waterway. Mm-hmm. And in order to build on that property, what we were going to have to do in order to make that work with that creek that was there, that mm-hmm. blue stream that was there, part of the uh, um, watershed process. Mm-hmm. Um $750,000 of their $2.8 million budget was going to be spent in re- on- and honestly getting the property to a point where we could even start looking at building the building. Wow. And so when I say due diligence and feasibility is important, I think about had they taken the traditional approach, hired an architect, mm-hmm. started designing a building, mm-hmm. spent $150,000 on getting plans done, mm-hmm. and then figured this out later. The $150,000 is a waste of money. Mm. It's it's gone because reality what happened is the church wound up selling that piece of property mm. because they knew that they could it, it was never going to be worth it for them to spend a million dollars to get a piece of property ready to build a 2 million dollar building. Yeah. So, mm. um so I think this due diligence and feasibility, what we try to do is we try to determine, are there any obstacles and how hard are those obstacles to get around? And the difficulty in getting around an obstacle is just money. And so, um, you know, the reality is we look at it and we say, um, is it worth proceeding? That's mm-hmm. the, that is it feasible mm-hmm. for us to take this obstacle out of the way? Whatever it is. So it can be as simple as a turn lane into your property required by the Department of Transportation. Whatever state you're in, whatever municipality that you're in, there are codes that talk about the the flow of traffic and how you get it on and off of your property. And those codes, especially for a church, because we dump all of our cars out in a very short period of time. Mm. So uh, fortunately, it's not during regular business hours most of the time, and so that get we get some relief that way. Mm-hmm. But when all those things are done... If the, if the code requires you to put in, and the city or the municipality or the state or the county mm-hmm. requires you to put in an Excel decel lane or a turn lane, that can be a $20,000 add to your project. I've had projects where it's $120,000 wow. because we had to relocate utilities in mm-hmm. order to put that turn lane in. And so I need to know that. That's sure. That can be a $100,000 uh-oh, that I don't discover until I've spent $100,000 on the plan. Now my $3 million project is a $3.1 mm-hmm. million dollar project. Mm-hmm. Where do I go get the other $120,000?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And so I think due diligence and feasibility, what whether we're uncovering uh, environmental issues, whether we're uncovering uh you know, just simple things like parking requirements. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many churches that we we come to do an expansion on, and they've got a. I've got a church right now. They have. A, they've had a gravel parking lot for years, mm-hmm. for decades at this facility. We're getting ready to build a building on, and the city said, "Well, you're going to have to pave all your existing parking plus the parking that you have to add to meet the current code oh. for that." That was a ninety thousand dollar ad for this church. Wow. For the existing parking lot, plus we had to add the additional, which was another $30,000, they wound up spending hundred and twenty grand on wow. parking that they didn't anticipate before we started through the due diligence and feasibility. Mm-hmm. And so we knew that, mm-hmm. so that $120,000 was taken out of the bucket mm-hmm. before we designed the building. Mm. And so we don't Powerful. over-design the building. Right. We look at what does, really what due diligence answers is, what are the obstacles and how much does it cost to get around them? Mm-hmm. And so when we identify them and we identify the cost, we take that money out of the bucket right at the front yeah. before we ever design the building. Yeah. So if I've got $3 million in the bucket. And I I know that's all I have to spend from the resources that we talked about in the previous podcast, the cash on hand, the money that we raise and the money that we borrow. If that bucket has three million in it, and let's just say we go through due diligence of feasibility and we find out about what does it take to get the utilities here? What does it take to do to meet the parking codes? What does it take to, um, you know address all of these other issues that we address in due diligence and feasibility. And let's just say for simplicity's sake, mm-hmm. real easy here, it's a half a million dollars. Okay. So that leaves me with two point five million dollars in the bucket to spend.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now I'm gonna go design a two point four million dollar building. Yeah. Not a three million dollar building. Yeah. If I if I say to even my architects, hey we've got three million dollars to build this project, they're gonna design a three million dollar building. Mm-hmm. They're not taking into account all of the other costs that you have in this project in most instances. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is you get to the end, you've designed a $3 million building, and now I'm sitting out here with half a million dollars worth of um, mm-hmm. utilities, parking lot, storm water, uh, environmental issues, uh, all these other things that we deal with um, in the due diligence and feasibility process mm-hmm. that we take the money out of the bucket first for.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and you've talked about this before that, you know, because you have a pastor who's been given a vision. Right. And they are not a construction expert and they're not familiar with all the laws of the land and in their city and their state and all the federal laws and that's some right. of the different aspects of that. That's not the thing that they should have to focus on. That's why they need a partner.
0: That's why they need a partner that is going to take them through the right steps in the right order Mm -hmm. to ensure that somebody asks all these questions. You know, my famous line, it's not what churches don't know that hurts them. It's what they don't know that they don't know. Right. That's where they get hurt. If I don't know what questions to ask, I can't get the answers that I need. Right. And so the right partner coming alongside you helps you ask the right questions. Are we going to have to put in a turn lane? Do we have any environmental issues? Is this little area down here with cat and nine, cat and nine tails, <laughs> is it wetlands? Yeah. Uh, you know What is the soil underneath the ground? How much are we going to have to take out when we build this building? Uh, all of those things. Are we even zoned for a church? I'm working with a church right now. We spent four months going through a process, conditional use permit process, because the existing church didn't was had never gone through that process. It was built early before this code was in place mm-hmm. in Kentucky. We're having to go now through this whole process to get a permission for there even to be a church on this piece of property. We're going to do an expansion on it. They're asking the question, It's never had a conditional use permit. You need to go through that process. It took us four months to go through the process to get a conditional use permit for the building that was already built, plus the expansion that we have. That cost some money. We Mm -hmm. had to have engineers involved. We had to have uh, code and zoning people involved. We went through this whole process. But had they just hired and started through Mm -hmm. the design process, Mm -hmm. they would have discovered this later. The whole thing would have come to a halt. And the church is expecting the building to start construction, but they had to go through this process. We started through the process before we ever started designing. Hey, listen, the first thing we know we got to do here is get permission to have a church on this piece of property. Yes, they're not going to deny it, Mm -hmm. but we can't get a building permit until we go through it. Let's start the process so that while we're doing due diligence and feasibility, that gets completed. And so it's just discovering those things. It's asking the right questions and getting the answers before we get too far in the process, before we spend too much money in the process that we discover things that we should have known early on. And, you know, it, there's a lot to due diligence and feasibility when it's yeah. done correctly. Again, yeah. I'll say this: there are a lot of people who say they do due diligence and feasibility, and I think they do a decent job for the construction part. Mm-hmm. It's all the other things in the due diligence process that matter to church, where it may not work in the where it may not be needed in the secular world. Mm-hmm. It matters when you're building ministry facilities.
1: That's why it happens to be one of the most overlooked pieces. Of the timeline. That's correct. And that's why we wanted to focus on the podcast just on that today. And... Resources like this are available through Master's Plan Church Design and Construction website, and we invite you—this is also why it's critical in this timeline that you—if you have the vision, Pastor, we encourage you to call today, email today. Don't wait until you're ready. We're ready to start. Let's let's have it while—let's have this conversation while you're even in the visionary process. Yes. And
0: I'll say this, Ms. Kim, it doesn't cost a dime to have a conversation. I love helping pastors and churches. So, you know, the phone call won't cost you anything but a few minutes. Uh, take a few minutes of my time that I'm glad to invest in the kingdom and in, mm-hmm. in pastors and in churches to help them know when should they make the next call. Yeah. Uh, that, that's, that's part of what we love doing here.
1: Yeah. So connect with Rodney James. He's the president and founder of Master's Plan Church Design and Construction. You can contact him through relationships at mpchurchdesignbuild.com. Relationships at com. The phone number is 918-379-4917. We're making our way through the timeline. Thank you so much for joining us today.
0: Thank you for listening today. For questions about your building project, go to our website, mpchurchdesignbuild.com and click Contact. Master's Plan Church Design and Construction. Let's build the kingdom together.
1: This podcast is a Your Story Speaks production where we help ordinary people tell extraordinary stories.